It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Jacob's Cabin. This is Anna in Indiana. And Denise. And we are so excited to be coming to you during the hiatus. Uh, we hope to keep up the podcast a little bit over the hiatus, maybe uh, once a month or so. Yeah. Um, what else is going on over the hiatus? Anything? Um, it's been glorious without school. For you? Yep. I come <laughs> home from work and I can just do whatever I want. Been playing a lot of video games, challenging for some pretty serious Dr. Mario titles. And you got some good news in the mail today? I did. I got accepted to nursing school, so I'll be starting that in August, and I've been working towards that for two years now, so the fact that it's actually real, I haven't even gotten my mind around it yet. <laughs> Great. So the hiatus is off to a good start for you. <laughs> yep. How about you? Oh, just school and work and Lots school, of school and school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I'm glad we get to a podcast tonight. So our basic plan, what we're going to talk about, um, we have some sort of yearbook style, high school yearbook style awards we're just going to talk through. Um, we haven't really planned these out much. We just kind of want to talk through some categories and uh, as a way to review Season 5 a little bit. And we have some feedback. We have a few emails, um, some really interesting theories, some really long theories. Good voicemail. Yeah, we have a voicemail and uh, some blog comments that all came in after our last podcast that we did a couple weeks ago. So we definitely wanted to get that all out to you guys and um, just recognize that the work you guys put in also, sending in feedback and stuff, because it's really great. Yeah, we've missed you guys. It's been weird without podcasting every week. I know, and you were saying to me the other day, it's so weird on Twitter, you know, on Wednesday, people are just, you know, it's like every other day. It's not like people are getting ready to watch Lost like it yeah, used to be. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of sad, really. It is sad. It is sad. We have to wait a long time for it to get back to what we consider normal now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at least we're, we're going to keep busy in the meantime. Yes, we will. And, you know, there's some good summer shows, so you think you can dance. Oh, that's your show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty much taken up my week so far, which has been awesome. Well, I'm really excited about some of the rewatches, because I know yeah. a, a couple other podcasters are doing rewatches of certain seasons, so I think we're going to get a rewatch of just about every season if you listen to enough podcasts. Yeah, definitely. And then Nancy Drew, I believe, is doing the rewatch of the entire series, yeah, four th- shows a week, I think. Doesn't that start in like a week or two, I, I think? I think it does. I think June 1st is her official start date, and then the first podcast will be the following Sunday, June 7th. That'll be and awesome. it's going to be like every Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time, I think Eastern time. And Nancy's a genius. Yes. Nancypedia. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yes. Me too. It'll be great. We'll get so many reviews of the whole series, this, this hiatus, it'll be And wonderful. I mean, just thinking of what we know now, going back and looking at oh, old I seasons, <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I think it'll be really awesome. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. So... Where should we begin? Let's let's do some most likely to. Okay. In the style of the good old high school yearbook. 
most likely to succeed. What character is most likely to succeed in the future? I don't know. I, I kind of want to bet on either um, Sawyer or Miles. Hmm. Because, I don't know, you know, Miles kind of has that cunningness to, you know, he's trying to get ahead with doubling his money, you know, seeing where he's going to put his alliances. Yeah. So I could see him definitely succeeding. Or, you know, hopefully Sawyer can really step in and and really get somewhere. Yeah, I can agree with you on both of those. I would also add maybe um, Jack, because we've seen him go back to the real world mm-hmm. for three years. At the end, he kind of fell apart. <laughs> a little bit. But I think now that he's back on the island, I think he's really gained a lot of perspective from that. And so I think he would succeed after that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone you would think wouldn't succeed very well? Um, Juliet? Well, <laughs> do you think she's dead then? Um, I'm inclined to think that she's dead. Hmm. It'd be, a, you know, it'd be a good cliffhanger for them to have, hmm. for her to actually be dead. I'm thinking Kate wouldn't really succeed. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it doesn't go to where it's just, oh look, you know, 815 never happened. Because if that happened, well, she definitely wouldn't succeed because she'd mm-hmm. be in prison. Right, right. All right, how about most likely to get in a fight? Sawyer and Jack. Sawyer and Jack. Because, you know, they're just, I think they're just kind of always going to be at odds with each other no matter what. Yeah, what about Saeed if he survives? I mean, he's kind Mm. of one to to pick a fight. I mean, it's usually worse than a fight. It's usually shooting someone. Gunfight. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, it's not even a fight. It's so (laughs) one-sided. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. I just don't know if he is going to survive, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I could see that, because he does like to just bust out the guns pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Yes. So that's a good one. Yeah. How about most likely to become a millionaire? Hmm. Maybe Sawyer with his plan about betting on the cowboys and buying Microsoft. Microsoft. (laughs) Yeah. Which I have to say that if I had that option, I would probably do the same thing. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't bet on sports because I don't really care about them that much, but... I don't know, if there's some way I could find to, like, I don't know, win the Olympics somehow. Because <laughs> I love the Olympics. Now, what about Miles? Yeah. Because he's supposed to get paid for going to the island. If he ever got paid, technically he would be a millionaire. I wonder if he could find a way to get paid from both sides. That would be nice for him. You know, I could see him working that out. Now, Hurley's already a millionaire. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. I don't think of Hurley as having that much money, because we always see him on the island. Well, and and because you always think, he basically gave that away to his parents because he didn't really want it. Yeah. You know, because he thought that it was such, such a curse rather than, rather than the money being good. So I don't really think of him as having all those millions either. Yeah. All right. Um, who do you think would be the one most likely to cure cancer or fix the pregnancy problem on the island. Mm, well, the pregnancy problem would definitely be Juliet. I mean, she's got all that, that knowledge in that specific area. Mm-hmm. Most likely to cure cancer would be Jack, I think. He can fix anything. I wonder, <laughs> wonder if he could harness the powers of the island, the healing powers, and use that to help find a cure for cancer. Mm. Or a cure for paralysis, since he's a spinal surgeon. Because that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. A cure for paralysis. I mean, you'd be pretty popular. It would be like proton therapy where they, they shoot the protons very directly at the cancer specifically. Mm-hmm. Like we have a center for that here in town. Yeah. He could do that with the uh, electromagnetic energy. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. I wonder if that would cause like weird radiation side effects. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, Ben got cancer on the island. Yeah. But not necessarily from being on the island. Right. Interesting. I wonder wonder if there would be any, like, long-term effects from being around that electromagnetism down in the swan a lot. Yeah, I mean... You know? We know Desmond is special, but I don't know if that's from previous to being in the swan for so long, or from afterwards, or from turning the fail-safe key and basically blowing up and being reborn in a way in the jungle. That's interesting. Like, maybe the turning the fail-safe key somehow gave him, like, this crazy brain tumor, and that's what, you know, makes him have the visions. I don't know. (laughs) I was just trying to think of weird things, and I think that would definitely apply. Hmm. Okay, who do you think would be the most likely to get off the island and own their own business? Hmm... I think Hurley. He already owns a restaurant. I could see him owning a whole chain of restaurants. What kind of food? Well, hot chicken. pockets. <laughs> of restaurant with hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. homemade homemade hot pockets. Like calzones? Kind of. Hurley's calzones. Hmm. That could be kind of neat. Although Hurley's hot pockets sounds way better, I have that to say. pretty good. But, you know, I've never had a hot pocket before. Hmm. So, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I have either. <laughs> this is really sad. <laughs> um, actually, probably not, because I hear they're not that healthy for you. Oh. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, who do you think would most likely become the president? Jack. Now, would that be through time-changing means of knowing, you know, what to say and what to do, or just on own merit? I think it would be on his own merit, his own drive, and uh, his his speech-giving ability. Because he likes to give those inspiring speeches once he finally figures out how to have that sort of bedside manner and tell everyone, we're all just going to stay here tonight in season one, and then he goes off in the yeah. jungle. <laughs> but, you know, although you die know, alone. He's got his little, if, his little cliche. If the opposing things. party started looking into his uh, drug use history. Oh, it would be a scandal. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would be a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. getting, almost getting his license taken away, or at least getting his hospital privileges suspended. I don't think they'd look too kindly on that. That's true. He w- might not make it to get elected. Now, what about John Locke? I don't He's know. He's kind of got the charisma. He really does. And Locke for president would be pretty cool, as long as it wasn't fake Locke. Now, who would his vice president be? Vice president for Locke. Walt. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't think Walt would be old enough, but it'd be cool. Well, I don't know. Is there a minimum age for a vice president? I don't know. President's 35, though. Yeah. And senators... Younger than that, I think. House of Representatives is 25, I think. Yeah. So I would imagine you'd have to be at least 25 to be... Walt's going to be there in, like, one more season, practically. (laughs) (laughs) At at home, we call him Grandpa Walt. Because, you know, every time you see him, he's gone up like a foot. Oh, that's true. And his voice has dropped another octave, so we call him Grandpa Walt. Mm. (laughs) All right, let's do some best of, best hair this season. Hmm. Best hair. Um, not Sawyer, because I'm not really big on the whole shagginess. Sometimes Kate's hair looked nice. Mm -hmm. Like when she had it in the braid whenever they first zapped back to 77, that looked really nice. Oh, okay. Um... I don't know. What do you think? Juliet's hair looked really nice when it yeah. was straightened. I really like that. Well, Juliet's just too pretty, though. She's very pretty. I don't know. Can, do you have any guys for this? For the guys' best hair? And worst well, hair. Well, Miles' punk hair. <laughs> See, I thought that was kind of awesome, really. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd say that for best. 
I was just relieved. Most hairspray, at least. Yeah. I was relieved in the finale when Jack wasn't wearing a wig doing yeah. surgery. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. They decided to forego that. Okay, yeah. Time. Worst hair, Ben stealing baby Alex. Yes. That's worst hair yes. for me. Because that was just bad. It's like he had a Muppet on his head. Mm. And, you know, it just wasn't flattering. No, not at Although, all. Although, maybe, maybe, you know, Jin's hair looked pretty good for parts of it. It got kind of wavy and nice. And young Charles Woodmore. Yeah. For Russell nice, Crowe hair. Russell Crowe Woodmore. Yeah. Had nice hair, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all we saw of Jin. Ellie, she had nice hair. Yeah. Oh, okay, everybody has nice hair. <laughs> Except for the wigs. <laughs> yes. Let's see. How about most appetizing food from this season? Ooh. Well, we already said we haven't had Hot Pockets ourselves, and I don't think it looked too good smeared on the wall. Not really. So, that rules out the Hot Pocket. Um, I guess it would be the waffles and the ham and the dipping sauce. See, I'm going to vote for Lox Mango. You're not going to go for the garlic mayo? Don't you like garlic? I love garlic, but I don't know what kind of sandwiches it, that it was on. Oh. I don't remember that. Oh, it depends on the type of sandwich. I mean, if it was a BLT, hook it up. But <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, I'm going to go with that mango that Locke had on the beach because that mm. just looked so good and it made me want to make a really big fruit salad. Mm. I could totally mm. go for a fruit salad right now. <laughs> okay, on a slightly darker thing, um, whose death were you most looking forward to? <laughs> um, well, I guess the obvious answer is Phil. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, yeah, Spear, you got him. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, Froger died, too. Yeah, but I didn't... wasn't really, like, looking forward for I didn't, that. Like, I was like, physically... he's getting more and more annoying in that episode. And it was but just I didn't physically, like, hate him. Oh, okay. Like, I hated Phil. Like, I really hated Phil. Okay. And, like, when Radzinski gets it, I'm gonna cheer. Because, right. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we waited so long to find out who Radzinski was. We thought he was gonna be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Dude is so irritating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when he finally gets it, I'm going to be pretty excited. <laughs> Which, you know, makes me think, do you think he actually killed himself in the future? I've or always wondered. Do you think he got killed? I think maybe he got killed. If I had to spend, like, three years living in the hatch with him as my only person to talk to, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Not happening. Let's talk about something a little happier. Yeah, how about most carefree All character right, most of the carefree season? Most carefree character. Oh, uh, Rosen Bernard? Yeah. Rosen or Vincent. I mean, Vincent oh. really doesn't have anything to worry about. I would say Rosen Bernard and Hurley. Oh, yeah. You know, because Hurley's just happy, and I think that's why I love him. Even when he's in jail, he's like, hey, I'm in jail. Yeah. He's like, I got this. I killed people. Suit. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, Rosen Bernard, just seeing them be happy and be together. I really liked that. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy for them, and hopefully, you know, Rose's cancer really is gone for good, and they can just live out the rest of their days together and probably end up being Adam and Eve. Mm. Now, how about the most dangerous character in the future? Who do you think is going to be the most dangerous? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe Radzinski. He got kind of militant on everyone, and is mm -hmm. like, you're going to do what I say, and you're going to do it now. Hmm. And... He likes gunfights, we now know. Yes, that's true. I don't know, who would you pick for for the most dangerous? Well, I think some of the most dangerous people are some of the most mysterious people. So we still don't really know what Ilana and Bram are doing there. 
So in a sense, they're they're pretty dangerous. Um, fake lock is pretty dangerous. Fake lock obviously. is definitely dangerous. Um, if he's the bad guy, I mean that's all up in the air. You yeah, know, we I don't mean, know if Jacob was really the dangerous one or the manipulative one. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Jacob was the bad one and Fake Lock actually was the good one. You know, maybe mm-hmm. Fake Lock was killing the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, Ben could be dangerous still. Widmore could be dangerous still. Mm-hmm. Smokey, he Smokey's could be dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how about, um, give me a, give me a top five list of things you would pack if you were going back to the island. Cause we talked about that on one podcast. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, why are these people wearing high heel shoes and why aren't they no packing doubt. all kinds of jungle gear? What, what are the top five things you would take? Industrial size, um, sunblock. Okay. Because I'm so pale and practically see-through. All right. That's one. Um, sat phone. Aha. Uh-huh. Good plan. Some sort of internet device to hook with sat phone, because I can't live without the internet. Um, let's see. Big thing, a toothpaste. Oh, good idea. Toothpaste, very important. Yes. And, let's see. Um, good hiking boots. Mm. Alright, that's five for you. Oh, that's to five already? <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I, mean, I had... That toothpaste took up a whole option. <laughs> yeah, but that's important. It is. I don't want to brush my teeth with sand. <laughs> well, Sun had those little things in season one. She had, like, um some plant or something. She used aloe, she I think. Yeah, yeah. Huh, yeah, I, I still don't think I could do that. I, I want my toothpaste. Okay. Okay, how about you? Top five. Top five. All right, number one, hiking boots. Number two, extra pair of jeans. Hmm, I would be more inclined to say, like, linen pants. It's probably... Those would be cooler, but yeah. I just feel like the jeans would be more rugged for hiking through the jungle. Oh, what about those kind of khakis that you can zip off parts of the legs and make them into shorts and make them into pants? Oh, there those you go. would be good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Third thing, I would say a hairbrush and plenty of little hair ties. Mm, because absolutely. Because I always wondered about that with Kate. Where does she get all these hair ties? Um, was it last season she had, like grass or something woven into her hair she looked like princess leia (laughs) i forgot about that what did you make that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know how to make little crowns out of um clover flowers Mm -hmm. but i haven't done that since like seventh grade (laughs) so okay that's three so far right boots pants and a hairbrush yep (laughs) so anna's going for fashion yeah chapstick (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder if you could use uh the sunblock for that I don't know. It depends, but oh, depending on what type, because I cannot live without chapstick. Well, remember the episode when Jin washed up and all you said was, he needs chapstick, yeah. he needs chapstick. Yeah. So, okay, chapstick, like a lifetime supply of chapstick. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and Got one more. five, um, peanut butter M&M's. <laughs> Not Swedish fish? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, chocolate and peanut butter trumps, hmm. trumps fruity candy. I almost bought you some Swedish fish today. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to do that sometime. You'll come to work one day and I'll have like a vat of fish. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What about the biggest red herring of the season? What did we think was going to happen at the beginning that totally didn't go the way we thought? Uh, Well, I remember making the prediction that Sun was going to be the key to this whole season and getting people back to the island. Yeah. Did a bang-up job on that one. Yeah. How about you? Um... 
well, there was, of course, our infamous Horace is the Great Leader yeah. <laughs> character award. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. We're like, yeah, Horace is doing a great job so yeah. far. Durr, not so much. <laughs> I think also the guitar case. Because we've had that for, what, half the season, and we've been wondering what, what that's about. What if there's nothing in it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think there's got to be something in it. But it really it really just uh, was a big red herring that we spent a lot of time speculating on. Yeah. And we never found out. Oldham. Oldham. Oh, yeah. I mean, he... The episode was named after him. He's our you. Most overhyped person ever. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Most overhyped druggie. That's yep. for sure. I wonder what happens to him after the incident. He's probably still out there. Maybe he's got some peyote or something, just chilling. <laughs> I don't know. He was kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. But then he was crazy on Deadwood, too. So. It's too bad we didn't see him, like, as an older, crazier man in, like, season one or season two or something. Dude, that yeah. would be really neat, actually, to have kind of, like, crazy old homeless guy wandering around the island. If he, were, he had been friends with Danielle Rousseau. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I wonder. They would be buddies she said she hadn't seen anyone else on the island which was a lie because of course ben stole alex yeah but still but imagine whoa imagine if if older daniel russo got together with oldham they would have crazy babies (laughs) like seriously like whacked out crazy kids they'd talk real slow with french accents I can't even... Okay, I was going to try to say something in that accent, but there's no way. <laughs> oh, you got to try. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last thing. Best line. Oh, see, there. there's not just one. No. So we have to have, like, some best lines. What were some of your favorite lines? Favorite one? I think, we're not going to Guam, are we? Mm. I was that like, go, go Lapidus! a classic. How, what's one of yours? Uh, why is there a dead Pakistani on my couch? <laughs> I that I was love really that funny. Part. Um I can't I can't say the exact line, but the whole um Pierre Chang and Hurley and trying to figure out if Hurley knew what year it was. Oh yeah. And he's like, the Korean War? That didn't happen. <laughs> and then when he's What like, year were you born? Thirty one. So you're forty six? Yes. <laughs> Who's the president? Oh. I knew he was <laughs> Alright, we are from the future. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a great conversation. Yeah, I remember I remember talking about that because I was like, who was the president then? Mm-hmm. Did did we look? I think was it Carter. I think it was Carter. Yeah, because Carter was president when I was born. Hmm. So, yeah, you're too young to remember that. Yes, I am. <laughs> I think I was born during Reagan, but I don't remember that. Yeah, you were born in '84, right? '84. Okay, youngin. And you were born in... 80. Just so everyone out there... <laughs> in 1980. All right. So, I mean, it's only four years older, but but seeing as I'm, you know, nearing in on 29, it's getting kind of scary. <laughs> I have one more birthday that starts with two. Oh. Um, I liked um, Sawyer's line, you know, y'all have been here one day and everything just yeah. goes nuts. Three years, no burning buses. Y'all are back for one day. <laughs> Burning buses. Yeah. I loved the burning buses. I loved Sawyer just like being in charge and being awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really he really stepped it up and he was he was a good character that grew a lot and he was just funny. Yeah. I mean he's always funny, but he I don't know he just did a really good job I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who who would you say is your favorite character at the end of season five? Hmm. 
I'm probably going to go Sawyer. It's always been Hurley before, but Hurley kind of got shortchanged this mm-hmm. season. He kind of did. And I think Hurley, Sun, and Jin all got very shortchanged. They didn't really get to do very much. It was kind of like yeah. they were they were there just to... Make everybody happy and say we've seen them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to just be like, yep, you guys are earning a paycheck. Yep. <laughs> Although I suppose didn't Saeed have like a whole episode where he didn't say anything because he was just passed out the whole time because the tw- the tranquilizer darts. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like... Really carried him around and stuff, yeah. <laughs> Saeed ragdoll, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. What other what other super awesome predictions did we have that totally didn't come true? Well, I think we were hoping at the beginning of the season that Walt would play a bigger part and that he would go back on the plane... And yeah, Walt said, what, like, ten words? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of disappointing. And then, um, at least I know I wanted to kind of figure out where did Smokey come from. We thought from we the were toilet. Get, we thought, yeah, <laughs> the Smokey drain. We thought we were going to get more answers about origins of everything. I mean, we got a little bit on Richard Alpert. He said, Jacob made me this way, but yeah. we really didn't figure out much more about him. Well, I mean, at least we found out that Smokey is a security system for the temple. That's true. Speaking of which, we never got to see the big temple in the middle. That's right. And I really would have liked to see that. Yeah. Um, We spent a lot of time figuring out Daniel's gadget to calculate things from his backpack in, like, the first week. You know, we're like, oh, it's a sextant because it looks like this and blah, blah. And then it's, like, never to be seen again. That's true. Hmm. And, you know, I was really hoping we'd see that again because I, I wanted to know if we were right. Yeah. Huh. What was he going to use it to calculate for again? I can't even remember. Uh, bearings, I think. But he Hmm. also didn't know when in time they were, so I was thinking maybe he was going to use it to look at the stars and figure out their positions and figure out, like, when in time they were or something. Huh. Because, you know, you can, you can look back at that. You, people know what the stars looked like 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And they can calculate stuff from that. There's also the box that Ben pulled out of the vent in the motel. I know. We didn't find out about that. I mean, what could be in that? I can't even begin to imagine. Maybe it's replenishments for the box outside of the orchid with the light and the 15-year-old crackers. Well, the mirror and the 15-year-old crackers. (laughs) Or maybe it's all the things that Richard took to John Locke when he was a child to test him. Maybe it's a set of, like, the Book of Laws and a knife and some sand and a compass. Could be something like that. Comic book comic book. That'd be really cool. I would like to see season six start off with that. It could just be books he couldn't get on the island. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was reading a book on the plane. We saw that. Yeah. I remember that was Ulysses, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. And we read about that and I was like, man, I'm totally not reading that book. <laughs> because, I mean, the Wikipedia page on it was like, it would have taken me a year to just read that page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, sorry, don't have the attention span for that right now. Yeah. Although, we do have Watership Down at home, and I'm thinking I'm going to read that this summer. Oh, one of Sawyer's favorites. Yeah, Colin did warn me that it is not a happy book, Hmm. and it's not happy for the bunnies, but it does have just a really cute bunny on the cover, (laughs) and I'm basically going to read it because of that and because of Lost. Oh, right. He's like, um, you might be a little disappointed because it's not a happy one. Oh, well, I hope that doesn't mean Lost is going to be disappointing and sad at the end. But, I don't know, I I like sad books. I'm like, ooh, the more depressing that book is, sign me up. (laughs) For real. 
Okay. <laughs> well, hope you enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, we um, we never got an answer of why it changes from AM to PM with most of the flashes. Mm. You know, I mean, didn't we spend a lot of time talking about that? Yeah, I think we did. I mean, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out when the flashes were and trying to keep them all in order and figure out. I wish you guys could have seen her in. awesome little post-it note map. <laughs> timeline of all of these flashes because it was wonderful i mean i mean it was very well planned out yeah i did make the little chart that i put on the blog yeah i was i was very happy with your chart i like charts it was the only way i could keep track i know i gave up i was like i'll just let anna do that part and i'll just cheat off of her well it was confusing because you had two parallel things going on you usually had john Locke somewhere doing something and Mm -hmm. you had everyone else somewhere else and so they were in the same time sometimes, but you'd see the flash at both places and had to be careful not to count it twice. Yeah. So I think there were 15 flashes in the end. Hmm. Which I figured it would end at 15 or 16 by the time yeah. flashes were getting shorter. I was like, well, they're just about at one of the numbers, so yeah. I think it's going to end soon. Yeah, that counting all the flashes and everything didn't end up doing that much for us, unfortunately. No. But at least we got to see more of the statue. Yes. Oh, seeing the statue for the first time, I almost, like, fell off the couch. I was like, is that real? I remember yelling. I was like, yes! I stood up and I was like, oh my god! I was like, it's the statue! (laughs) And then, you know, we all debated and fought about it for ages. And then we see it again in the finale and the debate is still raging. Yep. Who do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. Um... I guess the two main options are Towerette or Sobek. Yeah, I, I think I'm voting for Towerette. It, it's was, hard to pronounce, though. I was thinking maybe a combination of the two. Yeah. And just so that it would be island-specific, specific mm-hmm. for them, and not exactly borrowed from Egyptian mythology. Yeah. Because I think that would be cooler, and it, it looks like it has features of both. Mm-hmm. And both seem to apply. I mean, you've got the fertility goddess, and I forget what the other one is, but... Remember when we were watching the finale and we saw the statue and I was like, dragon face, dragon face, (laughs) because I couldn't think of the word for like crocodile or whatever (laughs) it looked like. So I kept calling it dragon face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, dragons are awesome. It'd be cool if they had a big statue of a dragon. (laughs) Now, have you seen, um, there've been some posts on various websites and things about the foot because the foot of the statue is the opposite foot from the one that they see in season two when uh, Jin and Sun and Saeed are sailing around the island. Wasn't that on Donald's website? Or... He put that up there too. I thought yeah, so. Yeah, I've seen it on a couple different places. Huh. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they're saying a big, it's a trick thing. of perspective or something. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's a big thing to goof up on. And in the... Um, in they season... flipped the CGI on accident. Well... Oh, but it's more than that, because the water was supposed to be on the side. Like, in season two, it looked like the foot was sitting out on a bunch of big rocks. Kind of on a little, um... Not exactly peninsula, but sort of like a tiny little peninsula out into the water. And it was all rocky all around there. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing to the left of it. But now we see to the left of it, there's a beach. And they've got John Locke and his body in the box, and they're dumping him out on the beach right there. Yeah. Right next to... So, I mean, they change the scenery, but I guess they need to do that when they realize that, hey, we need this statue for <laughs> somebody to live inside. <laughs> yeah. Jacob's Toe House. Oh. Are we changing our podcast name to that? No. 
Jacob's toe house doesn't quite have the same ring. We'd be like the little old woman who lived in a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, I, I would need more cats. How many did she have? Didn't she have like nine cats or something? I think I would. I would... Cats are children. Oh. Wait, she probably had She had kids. so many children she didn't know what to do. Yeah, I'm going to stick the with the cats. Rhyme, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sticking with the cats. All right, you you stick with the cats. <laughs> All right, let's um, move on to some feedback in just a second. First up, here's a voicemail sent in by Michael. Hi Anna, this is Michael from Southampton, UK. I've been emailing you and leaving you messages all season. Thanks for reading so many of those out. I thought that to celebrate the end of a fantastic season, I'd send you a voicemail message to let you know what I thought. Well, it was a great finale. I hadn't really liked to follow the leader, mainly because I didn't like the way they were going with the whole changing the future thing. I thought, as they'd been saying, oh, you can't change the future, you can't change the future, all the way through the season, it it was disappointing that Faraday said, oh, now you can. I also didn't really like the fact that Locke seemed to be turning into a villain in Follow the Leader. Luckily, um, I'm much happier about those two things now I've seen uh, the incident, parts one and two. For a start, I'm still completely convinced that they haven't changed the future um, because, for, for one thing, everything that was going on in 2007 with uh, fake Locke and Jacob and Ben and Frank would suddenly blip out of existence. Um, if they had changed the future and it looks like that storyline's got a lot more uh, left in it um, I'm looking forward to finding out more that happens there in season 6 um, and with Locke turning into a villain, well it turns out he was it was a great twist that he was Jacob's enemy all along uh, very interesting couple of characters it makes you wonder whether um, Jacob's enemy was Christian all along and Yemi uh, although I do wonder why he appeared as Christian to Michael just before the freighter blew up. I thought it might be better for him to have appeared as Anna Lucia or Libby, perhaps, but it doesn't really matter. It was great to see Rose and Bernard back, especially Robinson Crusoe Bernard. Um, That's quite funny to see them. I'm happy that they've settled down on the island, uh, but possibly more proof that they turn into Adam and Eve. Looks like they don't want to go back in to all the adventuring with the other Losties, so perhaps they'll die there in the 70s. I assume we'll find that out at some point, though it does make us make me wonder why they don't go back to 2007 with all the others though. Perhaps you need to be near the swan to be flashed back into the future, we'll have to wait and see. Um, my hopes for season 6, well, I'd like to find out more about Jacob and his nemesis, that's sure to happen soon. Um, I hope the Losties get back together in 2007 soon as well. Although I might, I'd quite like to see something happen with the numbers before they go. Perhaps Hurley and the others could record that message, the broadcast from the tower. Um, I'd really like to see Walt coming back in season six because there's a big mystery around him that still needs to be solved. Although I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't mentioned again. Um, it'd also be quite nice to see some flashbacks from characters such as Claire, Charlie, Echo, and the others, involving how Jacob got them to the island because. I assume he didn't just see Jack and Kate and the others. He must have seen Claire and Charlie before they went on um, Oceanic 815 as well. 
be good to good way to bring them back in maybe towards the finale well that's about it gotta go now thanks for all your podcasting i look forward to hearing more from you bye-bye thanks a lot for sending that in michael and thanks for writing to us all season uh any initial thoughts denise um I definitely agree with being a little bit annoyed that it looked like they were trying to change the future after mm-hmm. saying, you know, the such the big point of what's done is done and mm-hmm. whatever happened, happened. Because I don't really want them to change the future. Because, like I've said before, I feel like that would kind of make the last five seasons cheapened. Yeah. So I totally agree with you there. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're you're right on track with saying that the events in 07, we, we still see these unfolding, and there seems to be more of a story there to tell, and so it's not going to be changed. Yeah. Um, or wiped out in any way. I, I like your idea, Michael, about possibly having to be near the swan to flash back to the future. I'm trying to think who was in close proximity to the swan. I mean, pretty much everyone we know and love was there, right? I think I, so. I don't think there was anyone who was sort of left... Back in, in New Otherton, or, Dar- or <laughs> Dharma Initiative, Dharmaville, whatever. Um, well, Hurley and... No, Hurley and Miles weren't there. They were in the van. Yeah, they were. They? Or they were close by. Saeed was close by. Everybody was was within a very short distance. Yeah, and I mean, I doubt that it'd have to be like everyone was touching it, but maybe, you know, like one mile radius just or something. Because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever the island moved at the very beginning, Daniel wasn't on the island with his right. boat, but his boat flashed. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some sort of radius that would grab those specific people, the ones who were supposed to yeah. go back to where they came from and, and set them back there. Do you think it takes, like, the wild animals and stuff, too? Um, I don't think so, because then it would take people like Rosinski and Chang... Oh, and all the yeah. other workers, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere. You make an excellent point. Yeah. I think there's got to be something special about our losties, that, and that's going to be the reason why they go back. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't think you could say that it's being touched by Jacob, because not everyone has been touched by Jacob. No. Miles wasn't. Hmm. Interesting so. thought there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it might go back to something we talked about before. We talked about why didn't Sun flash. And we said because she had a tie to the future, or to the present, I guess. Yeah. Possibly. She had a daughter. Or because of her motivations for going back. And and maybe there's something tying them to the future that when something this catastrophic happens, it it just sort of, Re- I don't know. They kind of revert to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, it's like a yo-yo. It goes down and then yeah. something like jerks the string and it comes back up. Yeah. So they're just gonna jerk right back to the future. Yeah. I I like um I like your thoughts on Rose and Bernard probably being Adam and Eve, because I agree with that. But if they died back in the seventies, I was thinking, how are they gonna be complete skeletons already by two thousand and four when they find them? I've been wondering if maybe there are some years missing, because the whole Widmore saying twenty years. Yeah. But he was only gone for twelve. Um, and then the fact of Ethan looking a lot older than he is, and if he's yeah. a doctor, and, and he would only be, like, in his late 20s, yeah. when he's when he's dealing with Claire and Aaron, he looks a lot older than that. And so I wonder if there's eight years missing somewhere. The lost eight years. Yeah. Huh. Well, there's a number, too. Eight. Yeah. 
I don't know where the years went. I don't know when they would have skipped them. I don't know if it has to do with the bearings coming to and from the island. I don't really think it would. I wonder if they were all skipped consecutively, you know? Yeah. Like, like did it go from, you know, 80 to 88, or did it go 78 to 80 to 82 or something, you know? Well, They just or, missed a year every once in a while? I'm not saying that they skipped a year, but that... Maybe one day they woke up and eight years had gone by somehow, you know, or like, Interesting. or like 1980 happened in the real world on the island. They lived through eight years. So everything aged eight years and then by 81, they were caught up or even overnight, you know, even just waking mm. up and that had happened. Interesting. That's a different take on it, mm-hmm. but I would definitely like to have that math problem solved for us. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I definitely also liked your idea of seeing everyone else's flashbacks, like Claire and Charlie's and Jacob meeting up with them in the past, if that even happened. Mm-hmm. Or if know. he used other people. I just keep thinking about Claire and the psychic. Yeah. Because she went to him and he basically just made something up, and then he actually got some sort of vision. And yeah. And really wanted her to go on the plane to L.A. So maybe he's an agent of Jacob. Well, who could it be for Charlie, do you think? Maybe, I don't know, maybe when he was in confession or something? Well, I don't know. I don't know. He was more in Australia because of his own problems and needing to talk to his brother and stuff. Maybe his brother was working with Jacob because his brother, (laughs) I know his brother really cleaned up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That could be. Maybe he knew um, the psychic, too. I mean, it's a small world in the lost world, yeah. so it's possible. Okay, let's move on to some other feedback. I've got a couple emails from Stephanie Mack. Um, they're kind of long. I'm just going to kind of pick out the highlights of them. A lot of it has to do with um, the fertility issues, the pregnancy issues. So um, Stephanie Mack says, Darleton has talked about reincarnation at least a couple of times in their podcasts. They even worked it into a show in the form of anagram in the van, Canton Rainier. Uh-huh. Why? They haven't done anything with it. Um, And maybe um, Jacob wants to be reincarnated at some point, but for this, we need an unborn baby to make this theory work. This is where it gets crackpot. I was among the first to put the theory out there that Kate is pregnant. I know, I know, it's a reach. I'm just saying we need an unborn baby to give this theory legs. And just to back this up, it would explain why Ben is so obsessed with curing the island fertility problem. And then she also says... um, We saw Jacob touch most every character in the flashbacks of the incident. In the Sun and Jin part, he appears right after a wedding guest asks them when they are going to start a family. They reply, maybe on the honeymoon. Immediately after that, Jacob comes and touches Jin on the shoulder. We know Jin was found to be sterile. So that's, I think that's a really interesting point. What if Jacob made Jin sterile, knowing that he was going to end up on the island, and knowing that if there was a baby there, maybe Jacob needed needed a baby's Ooh. body to the first, inhabit or something. The first time I read this email, it didn't quite click, but then with, you know, reading the little excerpts like that together, so Jacob is not wanting babies to be born on the island. Yeah. Oh, let me um, read this other part, too. Stephanie Max says, Jacob caused the infertility issues after realizing that there was a danger that Nemesis would find a way to be reincarnated into an unborn child. It seems likely he did something similar to Jin. This may have been a more recent strategy, like after 1977, or it may have been 
or it may have gone back centuries, but only for the others. If that's the case, Richard was likely the only one to know that it only affected the others and not the new arrivals to the island. Juliet fully expected that Sun would die. The only thing I have to say to that is that Ellie was pregnant. So, I mean, that's yeah. 1977, but um, the whole reincarnated into an unborn child. I mean, But he took Locke's body then, so I don't know why it would need to be a, a baby. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either, but I guess, I, I guess I didn't really understand what Stephanie Mack meant the first time, but listening to it the second time, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if Jacob think maybe Jacob just thinks that that's what the loophole is, so he has the fertility problems because that's what he thinks is going to seal the loophole so it can't happen. Oh. And, you know, he's acting out of his own suspicions, and, you know, rightfully so. I think he's got a really good idea there, but that doesn't end up being the case. Maybe it's a generational thing, because we saw Locke's actual father on the island, right? We saw Anthony Cooper there. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing where your dad dies on the island, and then you're there. Um, that was the case for Locke, and it was the case for Ben. Yeah. And Jack's dad was there, but only after he died. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard a lot of people say that they think that both Jack and Locke together are going to be the leaders. How is that going to work? I don't I don't know. Leadership team? There can be only one leader, says Richard Alpert. <laughs> well, you know, you need a vice president. <laughs> but, All right. All I don't right. know. I really like that idea, though. I hadn't, I hadn't really put that together before, but that's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting thought. Mm. Um, here's one other thing Stephanie Mack wrote in about something quick about Daniel. When he first came to the island via the freighter helicopter, what's one of the last things that he said before he jumped or was pushed out of the helicopter? It was, where's my vest? He was looking for his bulletproof vest. Is it possible that he was warned that he might be in danger of being shot on the island? Could it be that Mum or Dad tried to undo fate? Do you think that that means he was scared that his parents were going to hurt him on purpose there? Or just that he was going to get hurt, I guess? But Widmore was in charge of that whole, that whole freighter expedition. And we know Charlotte had a bulletproof vest on, too. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to just be the regular gear that they were given. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a dangerous mission. Yeah. But we've never seen Miles wearing a bulletproof vest. No, we haven't, actually. So maybe he and just... And Lapidus doesn't wear one. Yeah, and maybe they just didn't want one. Maybe they were just like, oh, that's dumb. I'm going to stay out of the way. I'm not going to get in any gunfights. I don't need a bulletproof vest. Um, Surprise. Yeah. I think I'd wear the bulletproof vest. Yeah. It'd weigh you down with walking all over the island, but I think I'd wear it just to be sure. <laughs> Especially with the way people like guns on this show. Yeah. Now we have uh, a few emails here from Kale, right? Right. Um, I'm going to kind of do a little little excerpts because this guy, you, Kale, you should write a book. Because, <laughs> It'd wow. be a good book. I mean, the ideas really flow and build on each other. Yeah. So what, what do we have? Okay. Um, he says, I think it's important to remember the all of the game references. We see backgammon quite often. We see risk. I think of it more as chess. Leaders can't kill leaders, i.e. kings can't kill kings, just like in chess. Any other piece can checkmate a king, and even a pawn can become so powerful to become a game changer. The whole show had been a black background with white letters. This was the black's turn. All the things that we've seen have had the black manipulating events heavily. 
Black has been used all of its has been using all of its tools to create checkmate, which was the, the death of Jacob. Now Black is looking at its checkmate and has had has ended his turn. But White or Jacob isn't done yet. Jacob knows he will die. He understood that he would be betrayed by Ben. Now don't misunderstand. Ben betrayed him. Ben was supposed to do everything for the island. He was supposed to follow Jacob, and he threw that all away for what? Selfish jealousy? Well, that sounds a little bit like Jack and why he's doing what he's doing at the end of the finale. It's all selfish and yeah. jealousy. It's all about Kate. And like Sawyer said, she's right over there. Just yeah. go talk to her. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. It's okay. Um, see, he continues to say, Jacob knew this would happen. He knew it had to happen. His time was over. That is why he kind of baited Ben into stabbing him. But Jacob is about free will, so he made it clear that Ben had a choice. Which he did make it clear every time he talked to people. Mm -hmm. You know, they have choices. He especially told mm -hmm. Hurley, you have a choice. Yeah. Um, when Ben looks back at what he did with remorse, he will understand he did have a choice. So why would Jacob want to die? Well, he knows that someone else has to take his spot, and this is the final battle. This is the end game. To be cliche, it's always darkest before the dawn. Jacob said, they're coming. Now, this could be the nearsighted view on things, because I said earlier, we have this understanding of what our universe is until we take a step back, but I tend to believe that this is the pasties coming back. The pasties are the answer to the equation. They will be the one to take down this new character. Hmm. Now, what he says about the final battle and, and being replaced, does Jacob know that if he's replaced, it's going to be by the nemesis character, the fake Locke? Is that what he's counting on? It seems like that would be the natural answer to it, because if, if they are some sort of more spiritual-like beings rather than actual earthlings, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, who else could take over such a powerful spot? You know, yeah. just a regular human being couldn't do the same things that Jacob can, you know. Yeah. I think it would kind of have to be fake Locke. Or it would have to be someone immortal which right. we've seen Richard Alpert, but he seems to be very low on the totem pole. Yeah. I still think that we're going to find out with Jacob gone that Alpert's immortality is going to start to wane. Do you think so? I think so. They, you know, he said that Jacob gave him his immortality. True, but I wonder what else Jacob has actually done for the island. And if anything else would start to fade away too. If the uh, pregnancy issues are his fault, would those go away? Or... Um... You have to be pretty brave know. to try that for the first time. Well, yeah, that's true. Now, how about the chess analogy? I think that that's a really great analogy, and I think your cousin wrote in a fantastic thing about the chess analogy, mm -hmm. which... He did, I think, at one point. Um, ...really makes me wish I knew how to play chess. I don't know how to play either. I wasn't aware of the uh, kings can't kill kings. Yeah, I had thing, no that's idea. That's interesting. I mean, that's like Ben and Widmore mirroring Jacob and his nemesis. Mm-hmm. Fits exactly. But... If Ben and Widmore can't kill each other, I mean, at one point, did Ellie have the king role, or did she have the queen role? Oh, that's a good question. You know, because she did seem to kind of be the one who was more in charge. Yeah. So I wonder if she had the king role, and he was kind of, you know, like the helper. Huh. But yeah, I, I wish that I played chess. Yeah. I tried to learn in elementary school, and you know, I'm, I'm more the speed of checkers. <laughs> Me too. Here's another email from Kale, um, and it's titled Locke, Esau, Christian, Shapeshifting. And um, it's pretty long. There's a lot of speculation about um, is Esau 
some sort of shapeshifter? Is he the person taking all these other forms of people? Is he Charlie when Charlie went to visit Hurley? Is he Anna Lucia? Is he Christian? Has he been Yemi? Um, and then he goes on to talk about Locke and is Locke the savior and um, how, how does this all work? Because he says, in the timeline, the first time we've seen the hint of Locke reading, leading Richard's people was in 1954. He says, Jacob sent me. But Richard doesn't believe him because throughout his life he's visited him and nothing stood out. We have Sawyer speaking of tales of Locke. Then we have Jack speaking of how great he will be. Richard finally believes him in the end when it turns out he does become the leader of the island when Ben turns the wheel. Now when Locke disappears, Richard is clueless. Esau shows up in Locke's body. He tells Richard that he's there to lead. Richard doesn't believe him, but he can't deny what's in front of him. He tells Richard to tell Locke that he has to die. This is because Esau needs him to die. Christian first tells Locke that he isn't Jacob, but can speak on his behalf. Let's say this is a lie. This is also the time where we see Claire. Locke is told by Christian that he has to move the island. It is because Locke moved the island that he was killed. Because he was killed, Esau was able to take his form. Because he was able to take his form, he was able to have Richard tell him that he had to die. And again, because he died, Esau could take his form. Let's not forget that Christian was the first to tell Locke that he had to die to bring his people back. Was Christian the first one to tell him to die? I thought he learned from himself that he had to die when his leg was wounded. I thought so. And then he went down in the well, well and I'll... then he said, he said, yeah. Richard told me I had to die, and Christian said, that's, that's why, why they call it a sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, he continues, this scene is actually quite interesting. Christian told Locke that he had to move the wheel. Ben stepped in and moved the island. Christian tells him that Ben was not supposed to move the island. Locke was. He also tells him that he has to die which we just said, I don't think he actually told him that, but he did agree with the idea. Yeah. He didn't He didn't go against it. Right. Well, if Christian is the same as the Esau, as, as Kale is calling him, or the unlock, fake lock character, then if, if they're the same person, then fake lock is the one who planted that idea in John's head in the first place by sending Richard to tell him that he had to die. So I guess it's not surprising that they are in agreement. Do you think that Unlock is the exact same person as Christian Shepherd? They're just different forms? Do you think he's a smoke monster? I don't necessarily know that I believe that um, Esau took over Christian Shepherd's body. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it kind of seems like Christian was, you know, trial number one that didn't really work out. You and know. it didn't work out, why? Because there are other conditions he didn't meet that he that he didn't know Maybe about, had to I think. be the leader of the island at some point, at least in name only, like Locke was. And maybe that was a requirement. Yeah. Or had to have been killed by the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are all sorts of things we could think of that were true for Locke that wouldn't be true for yeah. Christian Shepherd. So I don't necessarily think that, that Esau did take over Christian's body. I think that... I mean, I don't know. I think that it'd be more likely that Christian would be some sort of thing with the smoke monster because I don't necessarily think that Esau and the smoke monster are the same either. I don't think they're the same person. Now, do you think they're working together? Um, they might be. It makes me kind of wonder if maybe Smokey kind of does the dirty work for them. Like, he goes and does all the grunt work. Hmm. And, you know, they he Esau is just like, oh, Smokey, go do this for me because I just don't feel like it. Or maybe Smokey doesn't really belong to either of them. Maybe it just depends who has more influence or just some other factor about them who has more power at the moment and he kind of goes along with, with their plans. 
because I could see that it's hard to figure out Smokey and whose side he's actually on, or he if judges Ben Linus and he and might he not even be, okay. be on a side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems tied to the island almost literally. He seems to be tied down to have some source down in these Cerberus vents, as mm-hmm. they're called, underneath the island, and doesn't seem to be able to travel very far. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I just don't get the idea that the smoke monster can come and go from the island as he pleases, or maybe he can send out projections of, of himself, and that's where Charlie and Ana Lucia... Yeah, because remember we talked about that a little bit. We were, I, I One of us, I don't even remember who said it, but, you know, once they've somehow come in contact with the smoke monster, the smoke monster can put forth manifestations in the regular world, mm. where they think that, you know... Hurley thinks he's seeing Ana Lucia, but he's not really. Mm-hmm. But the smoke monster made him think that because Hurley's encountered Smokey hmm. at some time. Yeah, and you just reminded me of how Jacob went around and touched everyone. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was his his way of gaining credit with the smoke monster in some way. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe the more people he touches, the better. Or the more people he helps, even though some of them he wasn't really... Helping them in the long run. I mean, he gave Sawyer the pen, and then Sawyer ends up killing a man, and and all sorts of things, bad things come from that. Yeah. But the appearance of doing good, the appearance of helping these people out and trying to set them on a straight path, like, all right, Kate, you're not gonna steal anymore, are you? Yeah. Maybe well, that's she moved on credit. to bigger, better crimes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's one more email from Kale here, and it's um, about Locke and just being disappointed that that we saw his dead body and that he actually turned out to be dead when all season we were thinking, um, well, first we were sad that he was going to die and then we were like, oh, he's going to get resurrected. And then we were excited about the new lock and he was so great. And, uh, so, um, he's also speculating here. Maybe he will become the next Jacob. How many times are they going to kill this guy and bring him back to life? And, um, is he going to be the leader or is he basically done? Is he done being special? Is he done mattering to the show? Hmm. I wasn't disappointed finding Locke in the box. Not at all. Why not? Well, just because, you know, that's one of the last things I think that we would have thought of. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, at first, you're just like, whoa. But then, you know, after the show ends, you're like, now, wait a second. What does all of that mean? Mm-hmm. And it just put such a different spin on everything. You know, it told us that Locke didn't tell himself that he needs to die. Mm-hmm. It told us that that Esau told Locke that he needs to die. You know, it it just changes everything completely. Now, do you think there are two bodies, like actual physical Locke bodies? Or is the fake Locke a vision? I don't think that fake Locke has to be a vision, but I think that kind of like he's Mystique in X-Men, he can just take on the form of whatever he wants. Like, he can morph himself into that. So that explains why he could eat a mango. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I don't think... Like, if you think of Star Trek and things, holograms. Holograms aren't going to eat, right? It'd be kind of neat to watch a hologram try to eat. <laughs> I wonder how that would work. Well, even, like, Data. You know who Data is? I do, I do. Okay, so Data, sometimes he eats and drinks. He is doesn't it, really... He kind of robotic He is. He's an android. Okay, that's what so I thought. So he doesn't really enjoy it, except in Generations when he has his little emotion chip. And he discovers, like, Synthale or something, and he's, like, really happy chugging it down. Like, ah, oh, this I is great. I like Data. <laughs> but, um, so he he could eat and drink, didn't really enjoy it, and I guess it went somewhere. I'm not really sure if he had a digestive tract. 
but anyway, that's a little off topic. So getting back to the main question, which was... Um, Were you disappointed by seeing Locke as the body in the oh, box? Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't really. I mean, it was more of a shock. And a, what are the implications of this? Yeah. Who's that other guy? And and uh, why has he been doing everything that he's been doing? Yeah. I um, think we almost had to have that. Because that's going to be part of what everyone's thinking about and talking about over the hiatus is... What does having a fake lock mean, you know? Mm -hmm. When did fake lock pick up? Right, and I don't think there could have been anything more shocking in the box. I mean, I don't think I was shocked. Like, I don't think my heart stopped or anything. Um, And it was more of a gradual, like, hey, what's this going to mean for the rest of the show? Yeah. Wait, Locke's really dead? There's going to be a lot of unhappy people out there because he's everyone's favorite character. So they wanted a game changer and they got one. That's it. Yeah. I mean, people were speculating, oh, there could be like a weapon in the box. That wouldn't have been as good. No. And as far as a war, if this was a quote unquote weapon for the war, I mean, that that's pretty significant. Mm hmm. Um, and they, they don't seem to have quite reached their destination. They were going to show him to someone to show them what they were up against. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And I'm not sure if they were going to Jacob or trying to find Richard first to take yeah, them like, to Jacob. What's their ultimate goal with that? Yeah, I mean, they knew who Richard was. They asked for Ricardus. Mm-hmm. So maybe they thought, okay, we asked for Richard. Richard takes us to Jacob. We're going to show Jacob. You need to watch out for this guy because there's two of them yeah. on the island. There's a dead version and the walking around version. So watch out for the walking around version. And then it's like, bam. Walkabout version. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, three minutes too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's another email from Damon. He says, something re- occurred to me regarding Sun in the last episode. When she approaches Alpert with a photo and asks him about the survivors in 1977, why wouldn't she further it and ask about Jin? Do you know these people? And oh, by the way, was a Korean man with them? The impact of Richard's answer would have been way more gut-punching. Anyway, what's done is done, of course, and you have to suspend your disbelief as much as possible. As good as the episode was, those logical flaws kind of eat at me. Your thoughts? I mean, I'm thinking, these people, we've said all season, they kind of have issues with asking questions. Yeah. And asking the right questions. Like, hey, this is a logical thing to ask. I'm going to make sure not to ask it. Yeah. And she knows that Jin was with them because she got the wedding ring. So she knows he was with them... But well, he's not in that yeah, picture. Yeah, he's not in it. So, I mean, is she assuming, was she assuming that Richard was part of Dharma back then? Because, in a way, it's kind of a big island. He wouldn't necessarily have to run into the people in Dharma. Yeah. If he were one of the others. Or know them well enough to recognize them. I mean, there, there were tons of Dharma folk on the island. Surely she wouldn't expect him to know every single one by name. Yeah. Or even by face recognition. I mean, this is decades later. Um, on the blog, um, let's see, who is this? As Jazzer 8 left uh, a little list of some things that they liked and then some things they didn't like so much about the episode. There, there are a couple interesting points here. Jacob and his nemesis, who is really good and who is really evil? I mean, that's a question we can debate for the whole hiatus. Did the bomb somehow combine with the electromagnetic properties of the hatch and cause our losses to jump 30 years ahead or possibly cancel out Jacob's death? My guess is more of the the jumping them 30 years ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really see how it would be connected to Jacob's death. I mean, we're seeing these events 
on the show unfold parallel in like parallel times. Yeah. We're seeing them, they they seem like they're happening at exactly the same time, but but it's not like thirty decades. It's not apart. like two lanes of traffic right. happening right and next to each it's other. It's not cause and effect, really. Yeah. Between the two the two times. Um, the cabin being set aflame. I believe the cabin to have been a fake Jacob's cabin, hence the ash. Well, would that imply there's a real Jacob's cabin elsewhere, or do you think Jacob just lives mm. under the foot? Well, you know, maybe Jacob has a few timeshares. <laughs> um, I I think that going back to the, the Jacob and his nemesis, and if they're good or evil, I don't think that either one is pure good or pure evil, mm-hmm. it seems like. So, I mean we're led to believe that Jacob leans more on the good side and the nemesis leads more on the bad side. But, you know, do we have any proof of that? Right. It does seem to be a lesser of two evils sort of situation. Yeah. Which, who do you want for your leader? Lesser of two evils. and Yeah, like maybe, you know, 75% bad, 25% good. You know, they flip-flop a little. Just depends what shirt they're wearing that day. Yeah. Um, here's a couple things that they put in their dislike category, Jacob and the nemesis supposedly being gods. Too much of a spiritual kind of show. Where's the sci-fi? Do you think that we're supposed to assume that Jacob and his nemesis are gods? I don't have a problem with that, really. I mean, to me, it's kind of like some sort of immortal god-like creature that can take a body form, but maybe doesn't have to. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's just reading too much Percy Jackson lately with all the Greek gods. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, that's kind of how it seems to me, and I don't know, in my mind I can reconcile that pretty easily. That, or or what if they're, like, fallen angels or something? Because they don't seem that powerful. Or they're, yeah. they're gods that are dying, I guess? Losing power really slowly? Yeah, maybe. Because I really don't think that they can do very much. Yeah, they're definitely not, like, omnipotent yeah. or anything. No. Because technically that would be pretty different. Well, but, oh, but then Jacob knows who to visit and when and why and which direction to push them in. Yeah, but omniscient is way different from omnipotent. Yes, but if he's omniscient, then he lets himself get killed so easily. Wouldn't he know? Wouldn't he know into the future? Oh, there's going to be this loophole. He's going to be able to find it. But maybe the loophole is kind of like a break in his visions. Hmm. Certain things he just can't see. Yeah. That could be. Because the loophole, it's special enough to kill him, so why would he be able to see that? Huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, good questions. All right, here is our last email. This is from Steve in Royal Oak. He says, since dead is dead, Locke is really dead, and then whatever happened, happened, I think Miles was right when he told the Losties that they may be causing the incident, not preventing it, by dropping the bomb in the hatch. Since the Swan Station is underground, it seems as though it would have been already completed at the time the incident occurred. I think he means the whole underground where you could live in the hatch yeah. part, the workstation part, not necessarily the um, the shaft with the ladder and stuff. Um which I think this is a really interesting thought. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it this way before. Yeah, I mean, they had the hatch door. Yeah. Right? They were putting the numbers on the door. And that seems so, like a finishing touch yeah, sort of exactly. thing. exactly. And, and he says, they would have had to excavate a large pit, build it, then cover it over. And and there was sort of a pit around there. Yeah. But it seemed like that was the top of, of the hatch, where the hatch door was going to go. So they just fill in a little dirt around there. You yeah. You got your hatch. 
Um, he says, it wouldn't make any sense to dig out and pour the access chimney, for lack of a, lack of a better term. That's a better term than what I said. Yeah. Um, drill and then only afterwards excavate the whole site. Since the swan was intact in 2004 when the Losties found it, either Dharma rebuilt it or the bomb didn't explode, or if it did, whatever the anomaly was absorbed with the energy. Or it coupled with the explosion to produce time travel, which seems likely given the fade to white at the end of the episode. Juliet may be waking up in the jungle next season, which is a thought that I personally agree with. I know others do not, but um, I think her situation was so close to Desmond's situation mm -hmm. of turning the failsafe key and just being that close to massive amounts of power and electromagnetic energy interacting. I, yes. think, I think it's possible. I think that also if the bomb went off down, way down that far, possibly just the massive amount of concrete that's down there... Maybe it somehow kind of self-contained it. Because, mm. you know, Saeed said that he had only seen more cement at Chernobyl before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the bomb blew down there, maybe it didn't, you know, it didn't capture all of the power. But having all of that concrete down there kind of helped almost dampen it mm -hmm. or for only, the rest of the island. Only certain amounts could come up through the access yeah. chimney. He says, will it be enough to send the Lossies back to the future? When Desmond turned the key, only he experienced the time jumping. Locke, who was at most only a few yards away, didn't, and neither did Charlie or Echo. Mm -hmm. Which is a good thing to point out, and that's something we were discussing just a little while ago. Is there some sort of radius yeah. around it that it affects those people? And then his last thought here. The question of whether it was Jacob or not Jacob who was trapped in the cabin. And he says, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> The knife that Alana pulled out of the wall that held up the piece of tapestry that Jacob wove is the same one that Jacob had in the opening sequence. So, since Alana works for Jacob, either it was Jacob that had been held in the cabin and he was now free and left her a note of where to find him, or he had arranged with her to meet him there, with not Jacob trapped inside, who he then found to have escaped. Or, arg! <laughs> so, yeah, so many possibilities and... Who knows what to think. Yeah, I think it's the same knife that he was doing the weaving with. Mm -hmm. It really looked like it. Yeah, so I think what Steve is asking is, was it left there as a message? It seems like it is was. Is that his normal meeting place? Meet me at the cabin? Because I just thought that was so strange that Alana knew to go to the cabin. You know, she mm -hmm. doesn't know the right name for Richard Alpert, but she knows where this yeah. cabin is. That supposedly was built a lot more recently yeah, it does seem, with with Jacob leaving, like, a note of where to meet me, it does kind of seem like maybe that's the rendezvous point or something, you know? Like, mm -hmm. start out here and we'll yeah. figure out where to go from there. Well, I wonder if it hasn't always been a cabin then. I wonder if there there's always some sort of structure there, and so they know to go to that location. But what they find there is, it could be something different every like time. Maybe, something... maybe it was a hut once, yeah, maybe hut, a cabin, TP. mansion... Castle. Yeah. With yeah. a moat. <laughs> yeah. You know, moat would work like the ash protection. Oh. And, you know, fire extinguishing. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's all we have, but we've already been gone for an hour and ten minutes, which is amazing. So, yeah. uh, thanks for those emails that came in even afterwards. And if you guys have more thoughts, feel free to send them in because we are hoping to do a podcast about every month or so over the hiatus, you know, keep in practice and uh, mm -hmm. keep thinking about Lost. I'm sure we'll see a lot of you around the Lost community. If you hang out at a talk shoe at all, at any of those calls, we'll be around. So, um, 
Denise, any thoughts on podcasting in general? Anything you've learned? Um, I wish we'd started sooner. <laughs> you know, because whenever we, whenever you first brought up this idea, like when season four was still happening, and I was like, oh, I was like, I can't do a podcast. I'll sound stupid. <laughs> and, you know, it's been so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like, this has, well, it made this semester just fly by because oh, I, I looked forward to podcasting every week. And, you know, just anytime someone would write in, it'd be like, oh, people are listening to us. And it was so exciting. <laughs> I know. I heard from a couple people because our last episode, we said, uh, hey, write in. Just let us know if you're listening. And I heard from a couple people who said, hey, just found you just right now. And was like, hey, cool. Yeah. And, you know, that totally makes our day. Yeah. It makes me feel special. Especially when people from Indiana write and they're like, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> Or, I used to live in Indiana. I've had a, a few of those, actually. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Especially if they've gone to the same school as me mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, I've really enjoyed meeting so many different people mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. You know, last season it was fun because it was the first time I ever listened to a Lost podcast. And I didn't realize that there was such a big community with it. Yeah. And it just, it wouldn't be the same without everybody. It wouldn't be the same without, you know, listening to what other people have to say on their shows or, you know, when, when people are popping in on other talk shoe calls, you know, mm -hmm. popping in as Damon and Carlton, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just interacting with each other. Yeah. It's, I never would have imagined this kind of community around a TV show. Yeah. It makes it so much better. It mm -hmm. makes it more than just a TV show, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, Guns Bacardi was saying on Twitter the other day that, that this is, pretty much surprising to him that you can um connect with these people that are so different from you, you yeah know? absolutely and, and everyone is really i mean the audience is completely di diverse everyone enjoys the show yeah that, that watches i mean it. you and i are pretty different too yes, this is very true <laughs> right? but i mean it really works out and we we bring such different things to the table mm -hmm. and it's a really good thing you have the bible wikipedia in your head because it's really come in handy this season because you know I haven't known any of that, and you can just be like, "Oh yeah, well let me get out my index and explain all this," and I'm like, "Whoa!" Well, then you know all the nursing stuff and all the all the medical things, like the Ben getting shot issue and the lock yeah. breaking his leg, and you just like, "Oh yeah, let me tell you about this," or "Let me tell you about how your organs could be yeah. switched and backwards inside your body." I'm like, "Whoa, I didn't even know that condition existed." Yeah. So I don't know. It's just. I'm going to be really, really sad when season six is over. And, I mean, what are we going to do with ourselves? Denise, we're going to eat cheese. Yes, that is true. <laughs> there will still be cheese even after Lost is gone. Cheese and bacon. Yeah. You should make a BLT and cheese sandwich. Oh, that sounds good. It does sound good. I actually had bacon cheeseburger tonight. Did you get the one from TGI Fridays that no. Colin was telling you about? My mom grilled cheeseburgers, and oh. then she made bacon so we could have bacon cheeseburgers. See, there you go. This is very good. There's one place in town that has BLTs with just, like, the crazy huge amount of bacon on it, and Anna's never been, so I'm totally going to drag her there this summer. We're going to have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, um... I guess that's it for this podcast. Uh, the blog is still Anna in Indiana .com, 
and we may look into getting a domain name. I don't know. Yeah. I checked out jacobscabin.com today, and it's taken. I know. That is so not fair. I know. It's sad. Well, we're not but... going to say our other possible idea, because we don't want anyone else to take it. No. <laughs> well, we'll work on that. Um, the email is still anna.in.indiana at gmail.com. Of course, you can write to both of us. I usually forward mm-hmm. stuff to Denise. And we see um, each other, like, almost every day at work, so it yes, works out. <laughs> that too. And if you guys still want to call the voicemail line, you can do that. Because we'll, we'll be doing more podcasts, so yep. if you're re-watching and you have thoughts and you want to send them in, please go ahead and do that. We will definitely address it and, and get Twitter. that out there. And Twitter. Don't forget to come see us on Twitter. Yes, we're on Twitter. And we're definitely going to be back next season. It'll, it'll be a little interesting with nursing school, but we'll get it done. Oh yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll be like the busiest podcasters in the world. I'm in nursing <laughs> school and you're a grad student. <laughs> and we both work. Yeah. We will make time for podcasting. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks to everyone out there listening, and uh, we'll see you around. Yep. The music in this episode was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check them out at music.podshow.com. That's when you come up with an answer. (laughs) I love that you called it unlock because it makes me think of unlocked and locked. (laughs) Locked and unlocked. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There's another blooper for us. Um, Question again, please. Because that was complex. Oh, let's just go back and replay that because I don't know what I said. Didn't really enjoy it and I guess it went somewhere. I'm not really sure if he had a digestive tract. But... (laughs) And, of course, we're not saying that Esau's an android. <laughs> I think we just need to make that whole thing the most awesome blooper ever. <laughs> I do I, I do know who Data is, and he's pasty and kind of yellow. <laughs> his eyes are yellow. Kinda. Well, his skin has a yellowish tint also. Mm-hmm. Kind of golden. Yeah. Or Superwoman. That was retarded. Morning sunshine. Wow, 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 wow. Wah, wah, wah. Morning.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.